0: Hun, where do you want this? asked the tall, slender man struggling.
1: What is it, love? She asks as she flips the long blonde hair, revealing her deep blue eyes. Oh, the statue. Walking to the corner of the living room, Misty points to the corner next to the sliding glass door.
0: Right here? As he sets the statue in place. She swings around to the opposite side of the room.
1: No, I think maybe over there.
0: Moaning, Ricky moves the statue to the newly appointed resting spot.
1: Yes, that'll do. Thank you, Richard. As she leaves the room, Ricky rolls his eyes, headed out the door.
0: Ricky brings the boxes inside, placing them along the wall as Misty takes the items one by one, placing them in their designated spots. Digging through ice in the cooler, Ricky yells, You want a beer?
1: She replies down the hall. I'm good, thank you.
0: Suit yourself as he pops the top, guzzling the foaming brew. As Ricky climbs the ramp of the trailer, he notices a pair of eyes peeking at him through the bushes. He continues as though he hadn't noticed when suddenly a voice from behind asks you buy this place ricky startled turns around uh yeah we did actually my name is ricky my wife misty is inside the man looks at the door then back at ricky yeah i seen her i was gonna buy this place what'd y'all give for ricky shocked by the forwardness of the man i'm not really at liberty to say who did you say you were again the chubby man in overalls extended a grease-covered hand Harmon, I live over yonder, been there all my life. Ricky shakes the man's hand, then returns to his chores with Harmon in tow, following his every step. After several loads, Ricky turned to Harmon. Would you mind giving me a hand with this washer? Harmon begins walking towards the woods. I gotta get back, uh, but I need to show you something over here. Ricky follows to the edge of the property, just beyond the thick bushes. Not even 50 feet is the start of a campsite with approximately 15 trailers in a circle. Standing with his jaw wide open, Ricky looks toward the giant pile of trash bags to the right with the hood of a truck protruding from the front. To the right are piles of freshly cut metal. Pulling Ricky from the scene is Harmon's voice. Now right here is where my dog's buried. I know that son of a bitch Danny poisoned him cause he thinks my dog killed one of them stupid chihuahuas he has.
1: Ricky takes notice of the white cross made from lumber scraps leaning over a top of a mound of dirt. I'm sorry for your loss. Harmon, looking toward the driveway.
0: Just know he'll kill your dog if they go over there. Ricky nodding. Okay, but Max won't leave Misty's side. Anyway, we're having a fence put up as soon as the survey's done. Taken back, Harmon says. You're fencing all this in?
1: Ricky reassuringly replies.
0: Uh, yes, but it's nothing to do with you guys. We have chickens and another dog at home, and we don't want them running around. What do you mean nothing to do with you guys? You trying to keep us out? We ain't trying to mess with y'all. Ricky pulls his arm up. No, I mean it has nothing to do with anybody. We just want to keep our animals in our yard. Harmon replies. That's fine. Just just know, too, Peanut owns all that property over there. and He can be an asshole sometimes. Ricky nods. Well, thank you. I need to get back to it. Walking away, he hears Harmon. Mm Mm-hmm. Pulling the loaded dolly back from his peripheral vision, Ricky notices Harmon standing next to a lady pointing towards his new home.
1: Misty makes her appearance from the house, taking notice of the direction Ricky is looking. She notices the couple staring. They wave to her. She returns a short wave, whispering to Ricky, Who is that?
0: Ricky, walking past, replies, Apparently we moved 100 feet from a hunting campsite that people live in, and on the other side, they murder dogs. Welcome home, honey.
1: Darkness consumes the sky. Exhausted, Ricky joins Misty on the deck overlooking the river. As he takes a seat next to her, she looks to him smiling. It's so beautiful. I love it. Smiling as he looks to see the joy in her eyes, he takes her hand and looks across the water. Moments later, Misty, exhausted from a long day, informs Ricky she's jumping in the shower then headed to bed.
0: He looks to her as she walks away. I'll be in shortly. Just then, Ricky hears voices talking. Sounds as if they're directly under the dock. Searching the area for the voices, he looks down the river, noticing a light shining from around the bend. Two men are anchored across the river, although it sounds as though they're standing right next to him.
1: Joining Misty in the bed, as he says to her,
0: Be careful what you say out there. Sound travels fast across this water. There will be no secrets here, dear.
1: As she rolls away from the light, she moans, We have no secrets anyway, love. Just as Ricky dozes off after staring at the darkness for what seemed like hours, Hammering metal from beyond the bushes rang out, startling the couple. Looking from the bedroom window, flashes of light in the direction of Harmon's trailer. As the flashes come to a halt, the hammering starts back up. Looking at the clock, the time is 1.30 a.m. Misty sits up and asks, what is it?
0: Staring out the window, he replies, welding. That guy is actually welding at 1.30 in the morning. What the hell? I have to work in the morning.
1: The next morning, as Ricky leaves for work. He looks to the bushes. Noticing the darkness and silence, he points his remote to the car, unlocking then locking back several times, staring at the bushes as the horn toots repeatedly. But no reaction from the neighbors.
0: Once arrived at work, Misty calls upset. She describes the horrible scene of two chickens that had been murdered during the night. Both chickens decapitated, one with insides strode throughout the yard. He instructs her to leave it until he gets home, but for Misty to contact the survey crew and instruct them to put a rush on it.
1: The next day, Misty awakens to the sound of her chickens squawking in panic. She runs out the door to find Harmon's dog chasing the chickens. Misty, in turn, begins to chase the canine around until they reach the river's edge. She paces back and forth, attempting to force the large inbred looking dog into the water. She runs to the dog kicking at it. Hearing the commotion, Harmon looks over and calls to the animal. Here, boy. Get over here. Misty looks at him. Your dogs killed my chickens yesterday. Please keep them in your yard.
0: He replies to her. There was coyotes running around here. I'm sure it was a coyote. These dogs have been running around here long before you got here.
1: She answers back. i seen him chasing them around. The survey crew is supposed to be here today. I will keep them out with a fence. They better not get in then.
0: The dog runs toward his owner. Harmon stands staring at her blankly, searching for words. He continues to stare. Feeling uncomfortable at this point, Misty turns away, ushering the chickens back toward the house.
1: That afternoon, Ricky pulls in the drive. Noticing the survey crew had placed pink ribbons throughout the property, symbolizing the property line. He walks in the house. Misty, few men explain the details of the incident. Ricky looks to her and explains he's heading to pick up supplies to begin the fence. I'll ride with you. She states as she slides into flip-flops.
0: Upon returning to the house, walking up the driveway are Harmon, his wife, and a small child. Ricky stops the truck by the couple. How's it going, guys?
1: Everything all right? Harmon replies as his wife stares awkwardly at Ricky.
0: Yeah, we were just picking some muscadines. The vines run through your yard. Hope you don't mind.
1: Ricky looks to the young man.
0: Hey, little buddy, what's your name?
1: Ricky looks to the woman, noticing the awkward stare she says to him.
0: He don't talk to strangers.
1: Ricky, quickly feeling uncomfortable, he turns his attention back to Harmon.
0: No, that's fine. Just if you would let us know first. Harmon grunts agreeingly as they continue to their trailer. As Ricky drives off, Misty says to him.
1: That's creepy, and did you see the way that lady was looking at you?
0: Ricky looks back, ensuring they are out of listening range. No, I didn't, but I don't like that they are here while we're not. I'm putting security cameras in if we can get this damn internet to work.
1: Misty changing the subject says, That lady either wanted to have your baby, or she's sucking your soul out through your eyeballs. As they come to a stop at the house, Ricky looks over at her. You're silly. Gets out and fills the ATV with fuel. Misty and Ricky ride around on the ATV, stretching thick string along the property to mark the outline of the fence. As daylight fades, they return to the house to find Harmon and two other neighbors following the string with a flashlight in one hand and property deeds in the other. Ricky walks over to them.
0: Hey, guys, what's going on?
1: The men continue down the property line, ignoring Ricky as they shine the light over heaps of trash they have collected. Suddenly, Harmon speaks out.
0: There's no way this is right.
1: Pointing his light up and down the string... Ricky walks next to him to get a look from his angle and replies,
0: You know, guys, I had a feeling you would not like the lines, and and I agree with you. If I had known the property was so close to your homes, I would have thought twice about buying it. But, But here we are. My wife being the real estate agent is not going to give up the land, so I'll make a deal with you. If you get your own survey and it's any different from the guys that stake this, I'll stand behind you in court and sue the bastards. But as for now, I'm building a fence here tomorrow.
1: Harmon spouts
0: off. But my dog is buried over there
1: pointing to the spot over the line Ricky replies i'm sorry man you can come visit anytime you like Ricky turns to head back home takes notice of the piles of new steel shelving thrown to a heaping pile on the line he points as he walks
0: i'm going to push this over the line with the tractors so you don't have to move it
1: he continues home the next day while building the fence the two young boys along with a young girl hover over the property line Making small talk, Ricky asks them their age. The two boys are five and six, while the girl is seven. The young girl asks Ricky, How will we ride our four-wheelers through here with the fence?
0: Ricky answers, Well, the purpose of the fence is to keep people and animals out of your yard. You know we have chickens and dogs, and they're not used to being trapped all day. So the fence is to keep everyone and things out while allowing them to run free.
1: Snapping back, the girl responds, Well, my daddy said the fence is going to be on our property, and he's going to knock it down.
0: Ricky, taken back by the girl's comment, Well, I hate to have all those hard feelings over a silly fence. I'm more than willing to talk to him. Is Harmon your father?
1: Gosh, no. I ain't kin to them. Harmon is their daddy, as she points to the boys.
0: Well, let him know for me if you would.
1: One of the young boys is walking up and down the stud that Ricky is now on the planks to. Ricky says to him,
0: Why don't you come down from there? Your dad will kill me if you get hurt. The young boy
1: snaps back.
0: He will kill you.
1: Ricky stands quietly as the boy continues to ignore his request and suddenly say to the children,
0: Okay, guys, y'all go ahead and head home while I get this done.
1: I don't have to. You're not the boss of me.
0: Not knowing how to continue the conversation, Ricky just ignores the kids as he slams pickets up as fast as he can to eliminate the situation. Finally, with three more pickets to go, Ricky says to the children, You guys might want to go through the last hole. You're going to have to walk all the way around if you don't.
1: The kids head out through the open and not saying a word as if they are standing around to be rebellious, but not willing to walk the distance. As Ricky nails the board in place, Misty walks up from behind frightening him as she puts her hand on his shoulder. He jumps up, raising his hammer high above his head.
0: Misty cowers to block the impending blow. She yells,
1: Whoa, whoa, it's just me, you all right?
0: Ricky pulling the hammer back says to her, Oh shit, sorry, hun. it It's been quite a day out here. I've been threatened, ignored, gazed upon hatefully.
1: He smiles as he pulls her in for a hug.
0: Now that I think about it, sounds a whole lot like an afternoon with you, dear.
1: He continues to fill Misty in on the events of the day. Darkness takes hold of the evening sky, forcing them inside. Ricky jumps in the shower, leaving Misty alone on the deck. Not taking her eyes out of the book she's glued to, she puts a glass of wine to her lips. Gunshots ring out, causing her to spill the wine down her blouse as she ducks down behind the picnic table. Ricky comes running out the door. What the hell was that? More shots ring out. Ricky ducks down behind the table. Peeking over the table, a light comes into view, revealing Harmon walking to the edge of the dock with a headlamp shining upon a rifle he's loading.
0: They stand up simultaneously.
1: Damn, that's loud.
0: Misty whispered under her breath. Ricky chuckled in response. I've got to get ready for bed. Five comes early. As he walks away, another shot rings out, causing him to jump. Looking back as he opens the door, he mutters, Don't know how I'm going to sleep with all that shit going on.
1: The next morning while at work, Ricky's phone begins to ring.
0: Hey babe, it's early for you to be calling.
1: He pulls the phone back from his ear. All right, I'll be
0: home as soon as I
1: can. Ricky gets up from his desk and starts out the door. As he pulls in his drive, Misty is standing in the driveway holding a shovel. She begins to walk as he gets out of the car. He takes a shovel from her hand. Over here, she explains.
0: Ricky walks around the house to find chicken feathers strewn all over the yard. Misty points toward the fence. I'm going to kill it. Look what it did. Ricky walks over to the fence where an entire deer corpse had been tossed over. Behind the corpse was a hole dug by the neighbor's dogs. Not able to see through the fence pickets, he butted tightly together.
1: Harmon yelled from over the fence. How's it going, neighbor? Ricky stands on a tree log left by them before he put the fence up.
0: What the actual fuck, man? Why would you throw this shit in my yard?
1: Harmon looked sarcastic. What? I don't know what you're talking about. Misty chimes in. Your piece of shit dog killed more of my chickens. That's it. I see him here again and... Harmon
0: looks over the fence with a daring look. You'll do what?
1: Ricky climbs down from the log.
0: Just keep the dog in your yard, man. He ushers Misty back towards the house. He returns, fills the hole that the dogs dug under the fence with large rocks.
1: Something slams against the fence from the other side. Ricky yells over.
0: Not cool, man. Not cool at all.
1: Ricky proceeds to dig three graves by the bush. One for each animal that perished today. Once the animals are buried, he turns his attention to Misty back at the house. He walks in the front door. She's pacing around the living room. He reaches for her.
0: She steps back and in one loud tone asks,
1: How can you be so fucking calm? He threw that nasty shit in our yard and you say nothing about it. Ah!
0: He calmly responds, How can I go to work each day two hours away knowing that you're here with that hillbilly, redneck, whatever you want to call him, pissed at us right next door? I've seen Deliverance. They have a way about them. I love you. I would go on a spree and kill all of them should something happen to you. She walks to him, placing her head on his shoulders.
1: You're right, I'm sorry. I'm so glad you think things through.
0: He pushes her back to make eye contact. That's why we work. You go all thug gangster and I pull you back so we don't wind up in prison.
1: She smiles, placing her head back on his shoulder. Lying in bed, staring at the ceiling, metal clanging continue through the night. Alarm begins to blare. Ricky angrily slings the sheet to the side.
0: Stepping out the door, he takes notice of the silence which causes him to smile. Really, he says to himself. As he walks to the car, he begins turning the alarm on and off, enjoying the short horn blows as a token of payback for the lack of sleep he had experienced the last few nights. Driving down the one-lane dirt road leading to the highway, headlights bounce violently over the hill. The lights are growing brighter by the second. A truck comes flying over the hill. Ricky quickly pulls to the side to get out of the way. The truck never even swerved like it was attempting to hit him.
1: The truck passes, leaving a blind dust cloud in its wake. Ricky pulls back on the dirt road and continues over the hill. He takes notice of the three dogs on the side pulling at something large. He retrieves a flashlight from the glove box as he pulls up beside them just off the gravel.
0: One of the dogs snarls, growling at him as he shines the light revealing the blood dripping from his fangs. He moves the light down to another carcass that was recently skinned and decapitated. ribs protruding out of the dangling flesh. Covering his mouth, he continues on his day.
1: Upon entering the driveway that evening, he is met at the mailbox by one of the other neighbors at the campsite, Greg. Greg is an older man that lives on the river with his wife in a shack across from Harmon. Ricky waves to Greg as he checks the mailbox. Greg asks, How's it going? Ricky replies,
0: Still trying to get moved in, and you?
1: Greg, ignoring a question, changing the subject, asking,
0: So what did you do to piss old Harmon off?
1: Ricky replies,
0: I didn't know that I had. What do you mean? Greg, Nothing, I guess. He was just bitching about you guys, saying you thought you were better than everybody else and wanted to run us all off. And if you thought you could run him off, you had another thing coming. I told him y'all seemed like nice people, but he just kept going on. I'd be careful if I were you. His elevator doesn't go to the top, if you know what I mean.
1: Ricky, looking sincere, replies,
0: I hate it he thinks that way. We are really good people. Just don't know how to keep other animals out of our property. That's all.
1: Greg, closing his box, cuts him off.
0: Oh, I understand totally. I'm just letting you know. I've been around here since last year, and I've learned to watch from afar. Let me tell you, though, don't trust anybody up here.
1: As Greg walks back to his truck, Ricky thanks him as he follows close behind. As Greg disappears beyond the hedges, Ricky turns right, headed down his long drive. Sitting at the gate, waiting for it to open, he notices a rope tied to the top getting tighter as the gate opens. The rope pulls tight, causing the gate to stall, preventing him from entering. He walks to the gate tugs at the rope. It moves slightly as whatever it is tied to the other end drags towards him.
0: He gives the rope a hard tug. The object at the other end is hung around the corner of the wall. He blindly reaches around and feels something wet, pulling his hand back to find it covered in blood. Retrieving the knife from the truck, he cuts the rope from the gate. As he follows the rope, he stops in his tracks. A tear flows down Ricky's cheek as he drops to his knees. His dog lay stiff, tongue hanging out to the side. Ricky wept, Max! No, Max! What happened, little buddy? As he lifts the dog off the ground, carrying him throughout the yard, remembering the life that they shared together, Ricky carries the dog over to the hedges where the other animals were buried and lays him down to the side as he begins to dig the hole.
1: Harmon's head pops over the fence and asks,
0: What you up to, neighbor?
1: As he smooths out the dirt from the grave, Ricky explains to him that he had found his best friend tied to a rope on a fence. Harmon replies,
0: Looks like he may have gotten out and somebody put him back in his place.
1: Ricky jumps up.
0: Why would you say that? Did you see something? Nope.
1: As Harmon ducks down behind the fence, Ricky, in deep thought, stares at the spot he was located. He walks to the shed and retrieves a ladder. Propping it up on a fence, he peers over. Harmon walks away from a bloody table throwing scraps to a dog that is falling closely behind him. Harmon turns back, suddenly looking at the fence. Ricky ducks down quickly to avoid being noticed.
0: About that time, Misty walks up behind him. What are you doing? He rushes to her, then turns back to the grave. It's Max. I got home and found him this way. Misty falls to her knees and breaks down. She lays atop the grave, talking toward the dirt.
1: I thought you were sleeping by the gate. I'm so sorry, buddy. I would have never let you go through that alone.
0: Ricky helps her up, guiding her into the house. Misty carries a bottle of wine out to the deck along with a candle. Ricky joins her after a shower. They sit quietly for a while until Misty speaks out.
1: I love that boy so much. I wonder what happened. I gave him a treat and he went outside to bury it like he always does. I don't understand. I really don't get it.
0: Ricky joins in. He was perfectly healthy. I can't get what Harmon said out of my mind. I get a bad feeling about this place, hon. I wish we had never come here. Misty turns to him.
1: What did that weirdo say to you? Do you think he had something to do with it?
0: Ricky stuttered. No, I I don't know. He just said that Max must have gotten out and someone put him back in his place. I didn't even tell you that he was hooked to a rope on the fence when I got home. Hastily, she stands up and says in a loud tone,
1: That son of a bitch killed my dog because I threatened him yesterday about our dog?
0: Ricky turns to her and calmly says, You don't know that. I'm just as upset as you are, but we need to think about this. Turning to face him, she scowls and says,
1: You and your little kumbaya shit ain't gonna cut it right now, Rick. You're just gonna aggravate me with this shit. Misty pours the last of the wine in her glass and takes a seat as Ricky walks inside, shutting off lights as he walks through to the bedroom. A bleak of light flickers through the blinds. He looks out, notices a reflection of someone or something just over the fence. Ricky shines a spotlight on the reflection. As the light hits, the figure dips down behind the fence. He races outside then up the ladder he had placed there earlier in the day just in time to witness the outline of a man walking past Harmon's trailer carrying a long rifle over their shoulder. Ricky quietly backs down the ladder, holds his ear towards the fence until the coast is clear. Rushing back inside, he goes to Misty.
0: Hey, will you ride with me to the home improvement store, please?
1: As they drive along the dirt road, she says to him, Look, I'm really sorry for taking it out on you. I know you're just trying to keep me safe. I love you, Ricky. Will you ever forgive me?
0: Putting his hand on her knee, he says, You know I do. We have bigger fish to fry right now. I love you, too.
1: What do you mean? She says. Ricky replies,
0: I'm not sure, but when I came inside, I saw some type of reflection of glass or something over the fence. So I walked over there, and I'm pretty sure someone ducked down behind the fence. I think there are stick-up cameras there, and we can get some so that I can sleep at night and go to work without worrying so much about you. Misty nudges Arm, smiles, and says,
1: Don't worry about me. You better worry about them. Upon returning to the gate, Misty notices something hanging from the tree limbs. She jumps up from the truck while he waits for the gate. She rushes in once the gate is open enough to find all of her chickens being hung by the same string they used to put up along the property line. The ladder that Ricky put up against the fence was now directly underneath one of the six chickens strung up by their neck. Ricky begins cutting the chickens down, laying them to the side as he went along. Lifting her arms in the air, she yells out, who could have done this? In what world does this kind of shit happen? Ricky pulls his cell phone from his pocket.
0: I'm calling the police.
1: Ricky walks over with the phone to his ear. He turns to walk back to Misty, but she isn't there. The knife he handed her to cut the last chicken down was standing up stuck in the dirt next to the stack of chickens. He rushes into the house, calling her name but no answer. Ricky searches throughout the house, room by room. He heads back into the drive where he hears Misty scream from beyond the fence. He jumps in the truck and spins away as he rounds the corner. He freezes as a man is guiding Misty by her hair in a distance behind the trailer. As he rounds the corner, he freezes as a man is guiding Misty by her hair in the distance behind the trailer. Giving chase, he loses them around a bend in the darkness by the water. Voices in the distance yelling, Get in, you stupid bitch! Followed by a desperate cry for mercy from Misty.
0: Ricky begins to gain as they approach a long dog leading out to the water. The silhouettes of the pair enter a boat tied off at the end. Ricky races down the dock approaching the boat as the engine cranks. The engine roars and the boat thrusts away just as Ricky reaches for the side, causing him to fall into the water. He watches as the boat races across the river, coming to a stop on the shore just across the river, 200 yards away. The man leads Misty ahead, shining a dimly lit flashlight at their feet, yelling to her as they move along. Ricky returns to the dock, searching the other boats for keys to no avail. He dives far into the water, desperately stroking his arms and kicking his feet. Each time he pulls at the water, it allows his eyes to catch the white outline of his lovely pale wife being violated by the dark figure of a man. Racing forward, he stops as the black figure backs away from his wife. Her head hangs low below her shoulders.
1: Racing forward, he stops as the black figure backs away from his wife. Her head hangs low below her shoulders. The figure raises a rifle, pointing it at Misty. Ricky yells out, gaining the attention of the faceless man. He turns back to her and BANG! The last sound she will ever hear ring out. Ricky, in disbelief, paddles even faster than he had before. Reaching the shore, he falls in the slippery mud. He crawls his way to her soon close enough to see the blood flowing down from her head. The boat speeds away narrowly, missing the bank. Ricky reaches Misty, tears streaming down his face, yelling. He cries over and over, grabbing her face with both hands and checking for a pulse on her neck. No, no Misty, no please God. He continued until a voice from across the river screamed. Hey you, step back away from her, step back now. Demands a police officer pulling his rifle calling from the opposite side of the river. Ignoring the officer's demand, Ricky unties his wife, lowering her to the ground, holding her tightly until an officer aboard a boat speeding rapidly toward him jumps off the front as it plows into the bank. The officer grabs Ricky by the hair and pushes his face in the mud. Ricky stared at his wife the entire time without blinking, tears filling the lower portion of his eyes held back by the lower lids before overflowing to the sand. His eyes remain locked upon her as the weight of the officer deforms his bodily figure, Once the cuffs were placed on his wrists were tight, the officer pulled him up attempting to turn him, but Ricky's eyes remain locked on her face until the boat takes him out of sight. Three other boats raced by with blue lights flashing headed toward the scene.
0: After several months of investigation, the grand jury found no reason to press charges against Ricky. Once released from captivity, the first stop was to the grave of his wife. Sitting throughout the day, then into the night, staring blankly before lying atop the squares of grass placed upon the loose dirt for the rest of the night, Ricky wakes while it's still dark kissing her name etched in the marble stone as he stands. As he pulls to the gate of the last home he shared with his wife, Ricky gazes motionless to the bushes lining the opposite side of the property. Upon entering the house, he placed the wedding ring she wore for 10 years alongside the dog tags he kept upon his neck. Sliding a metal box from underneath the bed, Ricky pulls a key from Misty's jewelry box, unlocks the box, and removes a pistol from inside. He peeks out the window toward the bushes, then takes a seat on the porch in the chair Misty sat in every night.
1: He thinks of all the time they could have shared together if he had not been convinced they had many more years. Instead, he spent his extra time working, driving, or getting prepared to do one or the other. A shot rings out from behind the bushes. However, this time Ricky doesn't cower. He doesn't even flinch. He calmly and slowly turns his head to the sound. Suddenly, the cell phone in his back pocket begins to vibrate. Ricky takes the phone from his pocket. The screen reads Harmon. He flings the phone in the river and watches it as it sinks. He begins straightening the deck furniture, fluffing the cushions, grabbing the empty wine glass, and walking inside. In the kitchen, he loads and starts the dishwasher, walks to the key hanger, takes the key to the ATV, kisses his fingers, and wipes the kiss on the picture of his wife as he walks down to the back door.
0: He pulls to the gate, gazing at the line of privacy trees she ordered and planted along the drive, reminiscing about the joke that they had never bought trees before and that this would be their forever home. A tear leaves his eyes as the gate opens, taking his attention. Driving into the campsite, Greg walks down his drive to greet Ricky. But Ricky continues forward, ignoring him. Stopping at Harmon's trailer, he slips off the ATV. Banging on the door, he begins to yell, Open up, you son of a bitch! Ricky pulls the gun from his pants, holding it behind his back as the door handle opens.
1: Ricky pulls the gun from his pants, holding it behind his back as the door handle turns. Harmon opens the door.
0: What's up, man? I was sleeping.
1: Ricky pushes through the door, brandishing the gun. Harmon puts his hand in the air.
0: Hold on, man. What, what are you What are you doing?
1: Ricky begins looking around at the disgusting mess scattered all through the trailer. He follows the trail down the hall, noticing Soul Sucker covering herself with a sheet as he walks into her room. Yelling for her to get dressed, he takes notice of Harmon as he darts to the end of the table open in the drawer. Ricky sees a gun in the drawer. As Harmon reaches for it, Ricky shoots a warning shot next to Harmon's foot. Harmon steps back, saying,
0: Come on, man. She didn't do anything to you. What are you doing? We're sorry for the loss of your wife, but we had nothing to do with it.
1: Ricky shoots another round into the floor, causing Harmon to back up and fall over on a heap of trash.
0: Don't move! Soul Sucker's coming with me!
1: Ricky yells as he points the gun at his face. Continuing to point the gun at Harmon, he turns to Soul Sucker and instructs her to get out of the room.
0: She enters the living area to witness Ricky wrapping rope around Harmon's hand and tying it off to a fake banister high above the kitchen sink. Escorting the lady outside with a gun, he instructs her to walk down the dock. They enter the boat tied at the end. Cranking the boat, he instructs the young lady to untie the anchor rope holding them there. As she lowers the rope to the floor, he pushes the throttle forward, causing her to fall to the floor. He runs the boat ashore on the opposite side at the tree he witnessed the last breath of his beautiful wife ever take.
1: Lifting the girl to her feet, he ushers her off the front of the hole. She stops. He nudges her back with the tip of the gun. Coming to a stop at the tree, she turns to him. He pushes her back against the tree. Pulling rope from his pocket, He ties the rope to one hand, walks around the tree, grabbing the untied hand. Jerking the rope, he causes her to fall back against the tree. She screams out for mercy. He quickly wraps the other hand and sets back looking at her. He says to her,
0: I don't know, soul sucker. Did Misty get any mercy? Maybe now he'll admit what he did.
1: Through the tears, she then asks, Why do you keep calling me that? What does that even mean? He looks up to her.
0: That's what Misty called you. You never said your name, so she made one for you.
1: She then asks, why did you do it?
0: Suddenly from across the river, a gunshot rings out, whizzing past his head and hitting the ground. Ricky dives behind the tree Soul Sucker is tied to. Peeking out, he sees an untied Harmon rechambering the bolt-action rifle.
1: Harmon yells from
0: across the river. I called the police, you sick bastard. You're not killing my wife, too. Move from behind the tree so I can show you how we treat women murderers up here.
1: Ricky puts the gun to the temple of the young lady from behind and asks, What's he talking about? He's the one who killed my
0: wife. Don't listen to him.
1: With both guns now pointing at her, she replies, We couldn't have. We were in the woods hunting. When we came home, that's when we found out what happened. Ricky angrily
0: replies, He must have left you, came back, killed Misty, then snuck back to you.
1: Trying to look at him, she answers, We were 60 miles away. That's not possible. Plus, I could see the stand he was in. Please let me go.
0: Ricky steps out from behind the tree, loosening the rope and says, If not Harmon, then who? Soul Sucker starts to speak. I bet it was. Boom! A shot rings out from across the river. Ricky looks to the ground, Soul Sucker looking at the same spot, screaming as blood runs from a hole in the side of the head of the man laying face down on the ground beside him. Boats begin to pile on the beach, an officer walking toward him with his gun drawn. Ricky raises his arm just as the man seemingly passes straight through him as he kicks the gun from the body laying beside the tree.
1: Ricky notices Soul Sucker shaken up. He reaches to console her. She shudders as his hand passes through her shoulder. He reaches again and again, but he can't touch her.
0: A voice comes over all the other sounds at the scene.
1: Hey, over here. Hey,
0: you. He turns to the voice and says, Misty, is that you?
1: Looking at the deck, he sees her sitting in a chair with a glass of wine waving to him. Walking past the scene, he looks at each person amazed that they didn't arrest or even just interview him. He takes a seat next to Misty and asks,
0: How are you here? I'm glad you're here, but how did you get here?
1: She picks up her book and replies, I never left, darling. It is you that came to me. We have a lot of work to do now. They can't get away with what they have done. Ricky,
0: looking confused, says aloud, Who? Where? What are you talking about, dear?
1: Putting her fingers to her mouth, she whispers, You will see soon enough. It's not what you think. That's all I can really tell you. Buckle up, honey. It's going to be a rough ride for your sensitive stomach. Vengeance will be mine. He looks
0: over to her, taken back by her tone, just in time to see her face change into a demonic figure. Ricky yelping like a puppy as he backs against the wall as she transforms back. She smiles to him and says,
1: Don't worry, dear. You will get used to it.